0: Good morning. Um, this morning's reading is Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received. And heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Amen. Thank you, Dee. Good morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption Tucson and uh, it's great to see you all and and be able to get um, into our time here together in God's word and we have a lot of things to to celebrate and to walk through and um, really most important of which is our time of humbling ourselves as Ashley just said individually and together as a community before God and um and His Word, and so uh, a few things before we get into that that I just wanna wanna make you aware of. If you're new or you've never heard me preach before, I just wanna let y'all know that I have a stutter, and um, it kind of comes in and out as as we go, and so wanna give you a, a heads up on that. And um, also, if you have a Bible, turn with me in. Philippians chapter four. Um, if you don't have a copy of God's Word with you, or you don't own one, would you hold your hand up high and keep it up, and somebody will get you one? Okay, we want to make sure you can follow along, and uh, this morning, and also in um, times to come, you can always have uh, God's Word. And um, en español si quiere la biblia y no tiene, por favor su mano y diga español. Y si no tiene ningún biblia, eso es un regalo a usted esta mañana estamos en el libro de Helipenses capítulo 4. And um, again, this is our gift to you, okay? Please keep it and uh, put your name in it, underline stuff. I uh, want to make sure you know this is God speaking and uh, me kind of expounding on his word and, and uh, uh, not just stuff I'm coming up with. Um, on that note, I want to give you all uh, just a, a couple things. I didn't necessarily plan on doing this, but... Um, which can be dangerous when that happens. But um, I have a, a good friend here this morning with me, um, Steve, who's out here from New York. He coaches me, has been kind of a coach, and just really more than that, a brother and a friend. And um, and uh, over the last number of years, I've needed support and help, and, and Steve's been a, a great gift from God. And um, also, uh, a good friend of mine, I don't know where he is right now, but um, Pete R- R- Rehrman, um, lead pastor of... Um, Holy Cross Church is here. And uh, where's Pete? I can call him out more than, because he's a pastor. So, Pete, would you stand just for a second? And I just want to point you out, just, sorry, but you're a pastor. You can be called out. There's Pete. So, and um, let's, um, I'll I'll explain why we're clapping in a minute. So we're going to clap for Pete and his wife, Janae. Uh, They're good friends of ours, my wife and I. And Pete and I were actually roommates years ago in college. And um, some of you guys don't know this, but we often talk about, right, we want to not take things for granted, not um, take ourselves more seriously than we ought, and Pete's a huge reminder of that for me in that when we first started, uh, we're going to be celebrating five years um, in September of meeting here in Safford, well, for the year before that, we gathered in our home. And we were going through a a thing together that whole year with Pete. And after our first one, Pete was like, hey, we just want to serve you guys and help and support. They supported us financially for years, even into when we met here as a church. And they actually bought us chairs um, to use in our house because we needed more chairs we needed 12 and they bought us 12 more chairs and we actually still use those chairs to this day. And, and that's just an example of, again, when we say we're not alone in this and we, we pray for other churches, we um, are so thankful for you all and for Holy Cross Church. So just want to point you guys out to that and not keep all the, the blessings to myself, so to speak. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and, and pray. We got a lot to cover this morning, too short, Packed verses. So let's pray and, and ask and trust the Lord to lead us through our time together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that we get to gather as your people, sons and daughters, uh, part of your family because of Jesus and uh, our, our, our Savior, our Lord, uh, fully God, fully man, Son of God. Lord, we, we pray that, that the seriousness, and the, and the grace and the goodness of what that means would hit each of us this morning in, in different places, wherever we're coming from, that you would either renew our, our minds and our hearts to the truth of what it means to be your people. Lord, if there are those who have not put their faith in you, or that this would be a place where they can be free and safe to, um, Lord, in, 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 investigate what it might look like to, to, to respond to your call of faith on their lives. And so, Lord, we do pray that, that the words of our mouths and the meditation, the thoughts of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer, because we, we trust that though the grass withers and the flower fades, the word of our God endures forever. And so it's with great expectancy through the power of your Holy Spirit that we come now under your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So let's just dive right in here. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Finally, this word finally is coming at the end of our time in Philippians, walking through it. And it's this, 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 this sense of Paul, the author, saying, Listen, everything I've told you, which is the gospel, the good news of the person in work, the authority of Jesus, all that he has done, and all that that means for you, in light of all that, think and live in response to, in reality, in light of the gospel. Okay, so kind of this morning where we're headed is in a sense kind of the short title is this, Think Right, Live Right. All right, and as I was even kind of planning through that thing, that's like, oh, now's the time, right? And if you've been here and I kind of poke fun at this like oh now's the infomercial sermon right like think right live right right follow these three easy steps and your life will be all that you hoped it would be well where we're going to walk through as you'll see is kind of broken down in this way that think right live right first is our our thoughts and our actions second is the sacred and secular divide okay we're going to spend some time there because Paul's Um, from our perspective, kind of subtly, really pointing those things out. And then lastly, the prize. Now, I'm going to just ask right on the start end, how many of you know where those subtitles come from? Anyone. We've got a couple and that's good. I'm okay. I'm glad to see some because these I was excited for these. Those subtitles are different things that Spike Lee kind of modern day prophet, if you will, prophetic voice of our time has different things. He has directed and and led through movies and some some things like that. And hopefully by the end here, you'll have an idea of why I, I put those in there. Um, I do need to give a little bit of a kind of a PSA disclaimer. Um, Those aren't all, um, I don't recommend, I haven't even watched all of these necessarily per se, but I'm a a student of Spike Lee in many ways. Again, that'll come in. So just here for me, look online or whatever for what you might get if you go to any of these things, okay? I'm not saying go watch all these, go do these, but um, again, the the subtitles there, Do the Right Thing, St. John of Las Vegas, and Hip Hop Hooray, my personal favorite. But um, we'll, we'll see where those tie in here in a, in, in a bit. Um, but again, that's how we're going to walk through. So first things right out of the gates. And I'm sorry, I didn't. Um, honey, I'm gonna, it takes a village here to, to preach a sermon. Can I get my glasses um, if they're right there? I left them. And um, I'm like I said, thank you. Oh, sunglasses. I mean, I could look cool. But um, if they're not there, we'll just go with it. It's okay. You know what? Never mind. Think It's my fault. I probably left him somewhere. Um, I'm kind of, I've been on vacation for a few weeks, right? So I'm kind of getting, getting back into the swing of things here. But let's dive in here together. As I said, the, the first part, right? Think right, live right, or thoughts and actions, or do, do the right thing. So what Paul says here, right? He, he, he says, in light of the gospel, in light of the good news of Jesus, everything I've told you, Think about these things. And there's a list, right, that he gives. And we'll come back to that list. But then he, in verse 9, transitions and he says, and practice these things. And those are key. If you're walking through this, he intentionally connects there. Think about these things. And then at the end of verse 9, and practice these things. Thoughts and actions go hand in hand. They go together And and he's wanting us to make sure that, okay, hear me now, that this is important for us to understand if we might think it or acknowledge it intellectually in 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 our minds, but the reality is this, whatever you think and feel in some way ultimately will come out in what you do. That's just true. And then on the flip side, another way of thinking about it is what you do. What you actually do, just to help us kind of break this down, how you relate, I don't know why I always pick Taco Bell for some reason, maybe that's because that's what got me through college, but what, like how you relate with the person taking your order at Taco Bell or wherever else it might be or the kind of potentially most likely snooty person at Casa Video or you know, wherever it is, what, what you do, how you live, how you relate will reflect what you actually think what you dwell on, where you live. In fact, turn with me now. And now I will call because I think she found him. Let's all thank my wife for being here. Thank you, Kira. She does not love the limelight, but um, uh, as I said, thank you. I couldn't do this alone. So here we go. Now we can see. So look, there's another passage. I'll have it up here on the screen from James. Chapter 1, verse 22 through 24, where this idea, this truth of thoughts and actions going hand in hand, being inseparably connected, is right here. Where the author of that that letter, James, says this, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror... For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. Okay, if, if you think, oh, I think this stuff, I believe it, I confess this truth, but that doesn't actually show up in my life, or vice versa, I do all these things and that doesn't say anything to do with what I think, then you're actually like someone who looks at yourself in the mirror and then walks away and is like, I forget what I look like. And this is before, right, like selfies where you could just constantly look at yourself. But okay, this but but that's this image here, like thoughts and actions necessarily go together. And we might believe that intellectually be like, oh yeah, of course that's true. But the reality is in our functional, practical, actual, everyday lives, that's not really what we do. It sounds so easy, but we don't actually live in light of that. And so this, this next part here, Paul, Paul says, right, finally think about these things. And I, I just want to very briefly connect the dots to where we were last week because, again, this would, would follow, right? He said, don't be anxious earlier, and he walked through anxiety. And just quick little aside there, just for all of us in case we missed this, he's not saying don't ever worry or if you're anxious, you should be ashamed of yourself or, or hide it. Okay, to to be anxious is to be concerned. In fact, it's part of being born in God's image is if you're drowning, you're you're anxious, you're worried, right? There's a protective element there. But 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 Paul's message is don't dwell on your fear. Acknowledge it, recognize it, whatever it might be. But 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 don't don't stay there. Don't be trapped there. Acknowledge it, recognize it, name it, talk about it. Right? Receive help and counsel and care for it, whatever it might be. But then um, don't, 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 don't like build your house there and just, and just lay down and stay there. But instead, and then he gives these other things, but, but live, dwell, think about, act on, practice these things. And what he does here, we need to kind of camp out and settle into this next part here of this sacred secular divide. Because again, we hear this list. I'll just read rung, rung, it again, right? Verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We could now spend the whole rest of the sermon walking through that list, what these mean. And, and that might be helpful. But but I think what's more helpful for us right now is to not just walk through what do these mean, but where do I get them? Where do I go to fill my mind, my thoughts, and therefore inform my actions with things that are lovely, true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, admirable, excellent. And something that I think, again, Paul, is they would be aware of here, but you and I would miss because we think we know those things. Oh, I know what is lo- lovely, what's true, what's honorable. I, I just know those. And we, we, we kind of trust ourselves too much. Right? Like, oh, yeah, I got those. I got that list down. I could kind of think through what it is, what isn't. Well, what Paul's doing there, and I think we need to slow down and, and acknowledge, is he's as he gives this list, he's saying some things that would be really foreign to especially a religious audience of this day. That he's using some language here that is not religious language. That list, as far as we hear it now in our day, is kind of, re- right, That those are, those are, Churchy words, right? Lovable, uh, honorable, commendable, praiseworthy, right? Those are, those are like churchy words. They weren't, though, in the, when it was originally written. It would be something like this. It would be something along the lines of whatever is dope, whatever is enlightening, whatever is centered, whatever is fulfilling, gratifying, epic neat, right, for some of you, right, like whatever those, we would kind of hear, it would be words like that, and we would think, wait, centered, enlightening, fulfilling, like that's like new agey language, that's not churchy language, well guess what, Paul's using language like that, specifically when he says lovable, or admirable, or commendable, or praiseworthy, those would be like Greek philosophy words, That all of a sudden now in a letter to the church about how to walk and live and think as God's people, it would be like, why are you using those words? Those aren't Jewish words. Those aren't religious words. Why are you tapping in that? And Paul is doing something here that is incredibly important for us, and it's this. All of life is to be lived in light of who you are as God's people. Finally, everything I've told you about Jesus, about the gospel, about who you are in him, needs to be informed in every facet of your life. And why I think, and I've read different commentators, in fact, Jordan Fee, who I'll quote in a, in a bit here, he spends a lot of time talking about this, that Paul would intentionally use language like this, use, if you will, secular language, right? Non-religious, non-churchy language that would grab the attention of the audience and would see what he's doing. That he's saying, listen, you think you know what this whole list means. You think you know what it means to think rightly and to live rightly. But what you actually do As you continue to operate, hear me, church, in a way that is not God. That that even in things we do that are religious, that are part of the Christian life, without intentionality, we like to leave God out of it. Okay, let me give you an example. Um, Some of you, this will hit home with. You grew up in different church groups and youth group and things like that. And you went to, we went to, I went to um, uh, my first church camp ever. I went to, I remember I I wore a public enemy shirt. Some of you guys don't even know what that is. (laughs) I wore a public enemy shirt and, um, and I didn't even know why that would be a big deal. And someone talked to me about it. And about a week later, fast forward, coming down from the mountain, if you will, spiritually and physically from this church camp... I burned all my secular music. Which now you'd be like, well, how'd you do that? Did you throw your iPhone? No, we actually had these CDs or cassette tapes. And threw those, right? And that was a thing. How many of you guys remember that kind of thing? Burning your secular music was a thing. Yes, you would throw it out, right? Cast it out. But but what we will, but it's okay. Oh, get rid of the secular. Get rid of all the evil. Get rid of all that stuff and throw your public enemy shirt on top of the fire while you're at it. But go ahead and be addicted to food, to approval from others, to, to gossip and slander. Like, go ahead and do all that. Don't say these words that are four letters, but say these other words that are just as evil, just as bad. What that's doing, hear me now, is creating a list of saying, God, I don't really need you. What I need to know is what can I just simply digest without even thinking about it, and what can I completely dismiss, and I'll just live in that, that way, in that life. That, that'll be, that's what the life is like. That's what the Christian life, that's what all I need to do is know what can I dismiss 100%, what can I just digest 100% and just open my mind and download and whatever, and then that's good. But instead, what we're called to as followers of Jesus is not what can I digest what can I dismiss? But instead, how can I discern? As a follower of Jesus, what does it look like to be able to discern what is going to be good for me? What, what is going to be harmful? What is going to honor God? What is going to hurt others? Okay, hopefully this hits home more for us Is even thinking through what does that look like for us. For some of us, an example of one of our lists is R-rated movies. If it has an R in front of it, nope, never. Don't even go near it. And so what we're doing is we're saying, okay, I'm not going to watch The Passion of the Christ or Saving Private Ryan or Braveheart, right? Those are, no, they have an R that's out. But I can just watch as much TV, I can watch as many talk shows and gossip shows and news Channels full of hate and on every side of the aisle and spectrum. All right, I'm not. I can do that, whatever. I can listen to whatever. I can listen to any kind of country music because there's not cuss words. And as long as it's not too sexual, then that's fine. I can just do that. But if it's like, I literally, no lie, was listening to Christian hip hop one day and I got in the, and, and I was traveling somewhere with a group of about eight or nine others. And, 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 and someone said, what is this music? And instantly, without even hearing the words, just assumed it was, it should have been on the pile, on the bonfire. All right. But if it would have been country music or some other, you know, whatever, like, oh, that's cool. That's fine. Right. And like, just again, because in that case, and I could dive into where that's wrong and, 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 and ugly, but like we just, again, we get into these lists. And hear me now, because this is where it's important for us to understand. I'm going to actually go ahead and just jump ahead here and read this quote from Gordon Fee, and then we can flesh it out a bit more. So if you could throw that quote up here. This is what's at stake. Indeed, if one does not consider carefully... And then discriminate on the basis of the gospel, right? That that language that Paul uses, finally, in light of everything I've said, the gospel, okay? If one does not discriminate on the basis of the gospel, what is rejected very often are the mere trappings, okay? The surface level stuff, the more visible expressions of the world, While the anti-gospel values, relativism, materialism, hedonism, nationalism, individualism, to name but a few, consumerism, I'll throw that in there, are absorbed into the believer through cultural osmosis. If we're not careful, if we... Just have these lists. Okay, cool. I've got it all lined up here. This stuff I can dismiss completely. This stuff I can just just digest completely. We're at danger of being, and there's a, we're in danger of living anti Christ while using safe language, while thinking we're in a religious, churchy category. And yet other things that we're just dismissed, dismissed, dismissed. We, we, we miss how God might call us to, through the power and discernment of his Holy Spirit, enter into them. Think about them. Be agents of redemption or change or reconciliation. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Okay, And this is the, the story of God, if you will. In the very beginning, God created us so that all of life would be lived before his face in his presence our music our what we eat what we do how we work how we play how we relate marriage home everything would be all of it before his face like a father sitting in a chair and his children doing everything playing before them in in front of him in his in his face and then sin enters in and it's i think there's a shortcut there's a way to have my identity and my purpose um, apart from God. I don't really need God. I don't really need to to, to depend on him. I can just go do it this way. Hopefully you can connect the dots here. I can create a list where I don't really need God, where as long as I've got what can I dismiss, what can I digest, I can just kind of do things. And ultimately what we're saying is I can be my own God. I can leave you out of it, God, and just live my life this way. And again, we deceive ourselves into thinking, well, I'm still living a, the Christian life. And, and Paul's message here and what he's walking through, again, his mention and even using this list is to point out you, it's not as simplistic as you want to make it. You can't dismiss God. You can't disregard your, de- your, your, your desperate need for him. So again, I want to dig into this. What does this look like? Just kind of vulnerably before you, I want to give you a list. Okay, here are a few of my favorite things, if you will. Um, I'm not about to sing that, but I'll share. I just went up with a list of maybe, for example, to help some of us think through how how do I go about this. Because before I give you my list, let me... Share with you what, what's what's the danger? What else could we do? Well, we could say I'm going to submit to the 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 system that this world, which apart from is ultimately antichrist. We say, oh, it's not our rated. It's not a curse word as as we understand it in this day. Whatever, I don't do this. I don't do this. Is what we're saying is I'm going to trust this antichrist system and categorization rather than submitting to God's metric that he's given us in scripture, that we need the Holy Spirit. We need his word. We need community to discern what will ultimately glorify God. What will love my neighbor rather than discerning. We get really lazy and just say, I'll just submit to this system. And so as I think through that, here are a few of my favorite things. Um, just in no certain order. This is just, I just threw them down on paper. Sports. Reformed theology. Church history. m M&M, m The mu- musician, not the candy. Qu- peanut butter M&Ms, yes. Not all others. Ellen. Ellen DeGeneres. Mixed m- martial arts. Quentin Tarantino. Juno, the m- movie. One of my all-time favorites. Tupac. The Civil War, World War II, the American South, gospel music, reggae music, history of prisons, Spike Lee, Navy SEALs in particular, the U.S. military in general, world cultures, language, customs, values, foods, philosophy, the secular one, not just Christian philosophy, philosophy in general, uh, food presentation and interior design. Love those things. So, as you hear, okay, that's, and there could be more there. As I walk through that list and think through it, okay, for a huge chunk of my life, and perhaps for you, hopefully, you're thinking through some of these lists. I think what I'm called to as a follower of Jesus is to depend on His Holy Spirit, to not be lazy and just say, oh, I have my list, and a bunch of that stuff you might be thinking, that belongs in the list. That stuff, oh man, I hope he was confessing that earlier. Like that goes out here. Now let me say, every one of those things, including reformed theology, church history, World War II, the American, right? Some of the things that might, whatever category you might've broken down, and I bet you they're different for most of us. So Every one of those things on that list has things that need to be rejected, that need to be called out and named and said. That, that There is sin there. There's brokenness there. Also, every one of those things I mentioned has things that, that should lead me to worship, to, to more clear understanding of God and His character and His works, the gospel. Finally, brother, all these things I've taught you, as Paul said here, all those things, think about these things and live in light of those things. So here's, again, just to help you break down, to give us a grid here. This is, I'm thinking kind of a coaching pastoral moment. I don't want us to miss this. What does that look like? I'll just pick one, by the way, for, I didn't even plan. What does that look like? This one jumps out because our staff team was making fun of the fact that I like reggae music. So we'll just pick that one. Reggae music, for example. How does that fit in? How do I do this? How do I live and think in such a way that, 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 that leads to the presence of God? Again, know his story know what is true of him, engage something like reggae music that, that would, would, for me, would be in such a way that there's a creativity, there's a newness there that reminds me of the Imago day, the image of God, the beginning of the story. When God said, let us make man in our image, that thousands of years later, there would be a demographic of people who were taken against their will from one continent on ships that would come to this new place in the Caribbean that that would be a place that that has beauty right like clear aqua oceans and all this stuff, and, and that there would be a, an opportunity to have a music that would be their own. There would be creativity involved that would be um, certain types of drums and certain types of r- rhythm and music that would all come together and, and that would that would be done in such a way that would reflect God as his image bearers and, and, and acknowledge the beauty around them, the physical beauty of his creation, and also, in some instances, simultaneously speak against the injustice experience and, and and speak about the broken reality of being displaced in a somewhere that, that that was not by choice and then somehow that would fast forward years to me growing up as a l- little kid in San Diego and, and and having association that there would be family barbecues and I would be at neighbors houses and I would remember moments with my mom who took uh, a single mom who took her four young kids to the beach. After work one day, just let's go to the beach and we would see a sunset and be there living in light of brokenness and beauty somehow together. And that the background music would be reggae music. And that somehow I could, in my own story and in the global historic story, be able to be in such a way where you can see that reflects the image of God. These elements reflect the fall or the rebellion, the brokenness, the reality of sin in the world globally, universally in my own life and then somehow that would lead me to either an, a, a, a desire, a longing, sometimes Bob Marley will say it's Zion and it's this kind of a, a, a Rastafarian version and I can say there are hints of the true story that Jesus is the hero but, but actually it gets it really wrong there because I think there's an empty hope and then you can long for the final day of consummation when Jesus will will reconcile all things to himself. And that's just kind of off the cuff there. What does it look like? Do you see, that's hard work. I didn't just come up with that because, oh, I'm smart. I just kind of spit for No, like over years, through the Holy Spirit, through conversation, through community, through discernment, through dependent on the Holy Spirit, through reading the Bible, not just verse by little verses that I can remember right, probably when you or I, Thought we would be reading this section in full disclosure when I prepared at the beginning of this series, I didn't think before really diving in and submitting to the Lord that my sermon on Philippians 4 8, which I memorized when I was like 14, that it would be in this place. Okay, that's but but God doesn't call us to easy lazy, He calls us to relationship with Him. He calls us not to dismiss or digest, but to discern. And the stakes are incredibly high. That that quote that we read earlier, hopefully you understand, the stakes are high because if we don't submit to God's definition of what does it mean in all of life to, to look at what is pure, what is lovely, what is true, what is honorable, what is commendable, Then what we'll by default do is just weave him on the sideline and continue to operate where we are God of our own life. And the stakes ultimately has to do with the prize. As he says here in the in verse 9, right? He says, Whatever you've learned, whatever you've received, whatever you've heard and seen in me, practice these things, right? Think right, do right. Understand your, your, your list. Where have you just given up to a sacred and secular divide? Which, hear me, doesn't act. There is no such thing. Okay, we like to think, oh, these are the sacred things. These are the things of God. These are the things he cares about. Oh, these are the things that just don't really matter. These are secular. I can just turn off my mind and go off and do them. And he says, no, live all of life, Coram Deo, before me. You need my Holy Spirit to to get through one nanosecond of one day to be able to discern what is good and true and what needs to be affirmed and what needs to be rejected. And ultimately, the prize, right? Hip-hop hooray, if you hear that, hey, ho, right? Like I think of celebration, the prize, what is it? Ultimately, the prize is God himself. It says, practice these things, And the God of peace will be with you. If you remember last week, we talked about the peace of God, right? Shalom. The fruit of, the context of having a relationship with God. You will have peace with him. You will have peace in all of life. Well, now, Paul flipped it and didn't say, you don't just get God's peace. You get God himself. I actually wasn't here to preach through um, chapter 3, verses 8 and 9 of Philippians. So I want to go back there. Um, no, but, but read with me. I'll, I'll have it up here on the screen where he talks about the, the significance of gaining Christ, of getting not just God's peace, but God himself, the very God of peace. He said this back in chapter three. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. The goal is Christ himself, being found in Christ, that I may gain Christ, not just his stuff, but Christ himself. Okay, think about this. Any re- Hopefully this week you've had some kind of experience where you've had a, a great experience with other people, right? You, you got to go and watch a sunset with your r- r- roommates, you got to experience a great meal with some friends in community. You had a celebration, maybe a birthday or an anniversary or something. You, you did something with people, and that was in, it was good. It was fun. You got to um, go get ice cream after, after something, right, as a, as a family. Whatever it is, those things are good. I just got to spend a week with my wife in northern Arizona. Um, it was great. It was a great context and environment. My wife isn't the means to the end. Wasn't like, man, I really need to experience cooler weather and pine trees and all that, and that's my ultimate need. How am I gonna get that? I know, go spend a week with my wife and then I'll get those things, right? Those things were great, but those are ultimately the context, the environment surrounding the relationship, right? As those enhanced it, it was amazing. But if I was just up there by myself and not with my wife, that wouldn't have ultimately spoken into the relationship, the goal of our marriage, if you will. Like in that case, it would have been better for us to be in Yuma together, right, experiencing whatever's there. And I know we got some people here from Yuma. I don't mean to make fun of Yuma, okay? Tucson's used to that. That's how it goes. Phoenix makes fun of us. We make fun of, no, make fun of Yuma. Um, No, we, we, um. Right, I could have been wherever, but no, ultimately it's better to have the relationship and then all the other stuff is the context. That's been Paul's message throughout Philippians. You get God, you get relationship with him. The gospel, the good news is, is that through faith in Jesus, through his, his work, you are restored as his image bearer necessarily and by his goodness and his grace, living dependently upon him in relationship with him. And then the peace that you get from that, in whatever circumstance, the peace that surpasses all understanding, that's the context of your relationship. The, 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 the significance, the stakes are ultimately you get God. And, and now as we close, I want us to think through these things that we've walked through this morning. Okay, well, the, the, the truth, the fact is that what we think about is directly connected to what we do, to how we live. Think right, live right. How we think right and how we live right has to come from understanding that there's no list that we can be in charge of and decide what fits and what doesn't, that ultimately it comes down to recognizing all of life is all for Jesus. All of life is to be lived before the face of God, Coram Deo. And ultimately, the prize is not just God's stuff, but God himself. And if we want to break down into categories, there is Christ and Antichrist. There is life lived as the imago Dei, the image of God, and there is not God. There is sin, sin. There is no thanks, God, we'll take it from here. There's, I'll eat this fruit and get all the stuff I could get from you without being in relationship with you. Ultimately, there's life and there's death. And there are things that we think about and that we do that communicate where it falls. Is it life or is it death? And we get to celebrate baptisms here in a few moments. And baptism is one of the most clear gifts we have. As you see someone representing, symbolizing their faith in Jesus, the covenant that God has made with us, his people. There's a picture of, listen, through faith in Christ, you are now buried with him, dead to sin, no longer enslaved, but raised again to new life through faith in him, through the person and work of Jesus. So as we... Now consider these words and then celebrate baptism. Let us live in light of, let us partake in and remember this gift of Christ and Antichrist, of of death and new life found in him as his people. Let's pray together. Again, Heavenly Father, um, we come before you acknowledging it's not easy It's simple, but it's not simplistic. It's simple because you've done all the work. You've called us to simply depend on you, to confess our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and that you have raised him from the dead. But God, it's not simplistic. It's not something we can just do once and then kind of move on from there. We can come down from the mountain and then burn a bunch of music and just say, okay, cool, I got it from here. Lord, you've, you've created us to depend on you, to need you. Lord, I pray that we individually and collectively as a church will, will be able to, to engage in real life, all of life, where we can say what is good and right and true and beautiful, what reflects you and your image. Lord, what, what, what is offensive to you? What is, what is speaking a different story, a different message than your good news? And Lord, what does it look like for us to live faithfully as your people, thinking and living rightly? In relationship with you, walking with the very God of peace. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus, amen.